Welcome to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You, where in a single moment you can recognize your brilliance and change your life. This is a transformational hour that covers an array of topics that demonstrate how individuals use their native talents, as shown in their name, to look at the ordinary in extraordinary ways. Albert Einstein once said that everybody's a genius. Why would one of the smartest people on the planet declare that everyone is a genius unless he knew that to be true? I'm your host, Sharon Lynn Wyeth, creator of Namology Science and author of Know the Name, Know the Person. And in each weekly show, you'll hear the fascinating ways other people discovered the genius in themselves and what they were able to accomplish. At the end of each show, you'll hear clues on how you can recognize your own innate genius. All over the world, people have many, many diverse interests. And in that vein, people have asked about different occupations and areas of life that have highly interested them. People want to know how highly successful people have managed to achieve their genius mindset by utilizing the gifts that are seen in their name when we use namology science. So how does someone express their creative talents? And how does someone share those gifts with others in such a way that everybody benefits? Our expert tonight is Audrey Susan Arby, who has developed her genius in the area of reducing racial tensions. Now, Audrey is a diversity expert who has lived a multicultural, multiracial, and multidimensional life for more than 50 years. Audrey is an artist, prolific author, life strategist, and vegan by choice. And I want to say more than just vegan because she cooks raw, or she doesn't cook, she just has raw. Okay? I'd like to add that Audrey, when she's only eating that raw food, it has made her incredibly athletic. Even though I know she likes to say she's just over 50, but I want you to know she's in her 70s because she is the most (laughs) physically fit person I know. Okay? She's quite amazing in this regard, and she's created cookbooks and other books indicating how you can do what she's done in this area. Getting back to why I asked her on the show tonight, as a speaker, Audrey galvanizes her audience to participate and grow an awareness of how the world is changing so that they can feel more comfortable and adapt quickly to the constant changes in the world. Audrey's most recent book is Raising Race Consciousness, Healing Racism, Sexism, and Other Isms, which is an international bestseller, and she's number one in her category. So welcome to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You radio show, Audrey. Thank you so much, Sharon. I mean, that introduction makes me want to meet that person. Thank you so much. (laughs) Well, I'm glad I do know you. (laughs) Thank you, ditto. Okay. So, Audrey, tell us what in your background caused you to become a diversity expert where you could advise others on race relationships, especially, and I think this is very important for our audience to know, you're Caucasian. Okay, so I was raised in a mainly white environment. This is true. And when my family, I was born in Brooklyn, and that's in New York. And we moved when I was eight years of age, pretty much exactly when I was eight, just soon after. And when we moved to Long Island, although we lived in a white area, I met people of different religions In my particular area where I lived, it was one religion, mainly. Then I met other people of other religions, and they had some different ideas. So I became aware very young that different people had different ideas. And in terms of the racial situation, I remember while we were still living in Brooklyn, so I was seven years or younger, at one point my mom and I were walking somewhere, on some shopping expedition, and a black woman was passing us as we were going in one direction. She was coming in another, and she stepped into the street rather than either touch us or get in the way or to give my mother and I the right of way, something like that, and it felt completely weird and strange in a bad way. So whatever that was about, I didn't like it. And I noticed right then, because of the behavior and what I felt, that something was what I would say wrong. And when I became my own person, so to speak, and moved out on my own after I graduated from college, I moved to New York and ta-da, 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 there I was with people of 
<laughs> it's New York City. It's Manhattan. Every different kind of complexion, size, language. I loved it. So I began knowing people of many different kinds, gay, straight, black, brown, beige, red, mahogany, bronze, gold, white, tall, short, medium, different kinds of language. And my life flourished from that point on. Could you define isms first and then tell us how isms affect us, even without us knowing it, since you have an other isms in your book title? Yeah, I made up the word because racism, sexism, genderism, religionism, ageism, to me, I'm using it to indicate various ways that our species can look to separate ourselves into different kinds of groups. Sometimes that's a very interesting thing, and sometimes it can be problematic. The way I was using it is a way of categorizing or looking at whatever the classification is that people make, and usually in a derogatory manner. Even ageism. Now that you've announced to the world that I am I, in my no, 70s. But you just so don't look it. You have more energy than <laughs> I do. And I mean, it's just amazing to me what shape and the yoga that you do and what you're, oh, anyway, I won't go on. But yeah, it's okay. just, I would brag to the world, oh my God, look at how wonderful everything is and everything's functioning and look at my numerological age. You know, it's just a number, but you have certainly That's true. done it well. Thank you. Well, I am in my mid-70s. In July, I'll hit 76. And I will be dancing through it, this you know. I sometimes find that, I mean, this is hysterical to me, that on some of my emails, and I don't know where people find this out, I get advertisements for walk-in tubs. I don't need a walk-in tub. And for other kinds of things that have no part in my life whatsoever, not even remotely. Yeah. And there's <laughs> a, I mean, really. So there seems to be a belief system that for some people, it's not my belief system, that if one hits a particular number, that automatically certain mm, deterioration will start to occur. I very rarely go to the doctor. I do see what has come to be called alternative healers or integrative uh, approaches to wellness. I certainly do that. Chiropractors, things of that nature, acupunctures, that kind of thing. And once a year or once every two years, I do pop into the doctor because they call me. They call me every three months. So I, I go in. And when I leave from my examination, which is so far, and I expect it to continue always a good examination, the, I don't know if she's a nurse or helper, will say, wait, wait, you forgot your medications. And I look at her. I said, I don't have medications. It's like an assumption. An oh, assumption, it, and it's someone's much going younger to meet than that. you. Okay, now yes, this is the part of the show where your name's interpreted. Are you ready? Yes, actually, I'm very interested <laughs> to hear what you're going to say. Okay, it says in your name that you have a tendency to be a workaholic, but you also make okay. a great couch potato when you don't want to be working. Okay, <laughs> that you're an expert in your field, and you will anything you go after, you'll go after until you actually do become the expert in the field. That when it pertains to work, if it's not fun, you don't want to do it. And I might as well add at this time, too, that you're a great artist. But anyway, I want to stay on racism for this particular interview because it's so fascinating, different things that you, you know, you've written about. Um, you have a very generous nature. And so you're always giving and very good to the people. Um, it's, you have fairness issues. You want the world to be fair. And it's easier for you to stick up for other people. And more challenging you for, to stick up for yourself because it's kind of like you, that's the time you choke in your throat and you say, where are those old words that are always here for everybody else? Um, and also, it says that you have a spiritual always seeking or following or wanting the truth. And so you want it in spirituality or religion. You want it in, you know, what people are telling you. You want it in books. 
everywhere you're looking, you just really want the truth. And that your name also indicates you have a great sense of humor and that you really appreciate the uniqueness. It's even in your name, Audrey, the uniqueness of other people and the uniqueness of items and things. So that if we walked into your house, it wouldn't look like everybody else's because you're, you're going after things that are unique. That's amazing. That's amazing. Even when I was a kid, I asked my mom, this is me, I asked my mom, how does the world go on forever? What is forever? And what's at the other side of it? And I remember she looked at me and said, nobody can answer those questions. Don't even ask them. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but that's, that's, I have to ask them. I mean, that's okay, the way I'm made. Stay tuned to know the name, know the genius in you, which is being heard on the X-Zone Broadcast Network at xzbn.net and at knowthename.com. After the break, we're going to find out what Audrey sees happening concerning racial tensions. Stay tuned. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone radio show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone broadcast network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo-TV plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games, no need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Well, 
Welcome back. I'm Sharon Lynn Wyeth, and you're listening to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You, which is being heard on XZBN.net and Xzone Broadcast Network, and also on KnowTheName.com. Our guest tonight is Audrey Arby, who is an advisor on racial relations. Her website is AudreyNow.com, and she spells her name A-U-D-R-Y-E, and then now, N-O-W.com. Okay, Audrey, when did you first become aware of racism, that it even existed? Okay, as I said, I was born in Brooklyn. And I remember once, I don't recall we were living there or we had come in to visit because my relatives lived in the same building. It was very interesting. In the same building we lived in, in that same apartment building. And my mother had taught me that everybody is equal and to be respectful, all of this good stuff. And I took it to heart because that felt the way it is. It felt right to me. So here we were, either visiting or I was out, and we were standing, I believe, in front of the building where I lived or my grandparents then lived. And up the block, I see something I'd never seen before. I'd seen these people with dark skin. So I start looking and I'm nearsighted. I was nearsighted then also. And my mother wanted to kind of stop me from looking. And so, no, no, don't look there. That's not good. And I'm sensitive. I am very sensitive. And I knew there was something she didn't like. However, I was curious. And when I was in sixth grade, I remember studying, this This left a huge impression on me, about, I never knew about all these different races at the time, not really, and I learned about segregation. And I started to cry in class, just a little, because I thought it was horrible that any one group of people, and certainly people with my complexion, would be nasty and rude and that kind of stuff, mean to somebody of another complexion. And then in that same lesson, we learned about integration because I believe it had just passed. And then I cried for relief and gladness that that thing that I thought was horrible, segregation, had been rectified. It was like I had a huge sigh of relief. So it became clear to me that there were issues. And so when I go ahead. how do you define racial tension? There's a lot of ways to define that. There can be racial tension in some people of whatever complexion, by the way, that only hang out with people of their look their coloration, their group, their, what they think of as us. And if people have been conditioned, and most people are, we're conditioned all the time, that someone else is bad or somebody else is dangerous or somebody else is other or somebody else is different, if people don't love themselves and have a wider mentality, they can pull in or decide that they want to harm. Because some people, when they get scared, their first reaction is to self-protect and hurt. It's that fight or flight. But now it's to me, fight, flight, focus, or freeze. Fight, flight, freeze or focus. Focus is actually one of the best things to do. But some people still do the fight or flight thing from the reptilian brain. So that's part of what we can call racial tension. Now, in this day and age, uh, 2018, where some white people had felt because of their conditioning that they were automatically better, that's not the case right now. Now, black, brown, beige, Red, golden people, gay, straight, bi, transgender, whatever is next that I don't know what's next, 
are now in positions of power, are now in positions of loving themselves rather than committing suicide, although some still are, some people. And that old, I will say white racism attitude that white is right is now also black is beautiful and everybody's got a shot. I mean, our former president, Barack Obama, was biracial. And in my book, Raising Race Consciousness, I interviewed at least seven people. And one of my questions was, how did they define the race of President Barack Obama? And I know, and people tell me we're all one race, the human race. I get that. Okay. And we are. However, most of the black, brown, beige people I interviewed called him black. Most of the white people I interviewed called him biracial. I found that very telling. So if people, any individual, isn't at peace with whom he or she is, and it's a big thing to be at peace with whom one is, and can respect and love themselves, even as we go through they, us, him, her, it, the ups and downs, the growth issues in being a human being, when there's love there, there's a more openness to others. When there isn't, then we see other things. I see, I honestly do, that we're going to be coming to what I like to call a sort of a level playing field because people are growing and shifting and changing. They just are. In my book, uh, go ahead. I was just going to ask how you define racial awareness. Because you want people to be aware, but yet without judgment. So how do you define that? Okay. Well, there, to me, there isn't judgment, but that's me. Although there's different things about class, like I like nice English being spoken. Other people don't speak that way. So I have to tweak my head so I can hear what someone's saying without my judging them. And that's true. Okay. Even people in my own family. The awareness is, okay, you know me. I have curly, curly hair. Some people have straight hair. So one notices, oh, look, that person has curly hair. That one has wavy hair. That one has straight hair. That one has frizzy hair. That one has kinky hair. That one doesn't even have any hair. (laughs) (laughs) That's an awareness. That's not a judgment unless someone decides, hmm, Straight hair is the only kind of hair to have, for whatever reason. All the rest is no good, in that person's opinion. That's a judgment. When I was growing up, people, they wanted curly hair. People used to, what was called, set their hair and get perms and all this. Then we went through a phase some few years ago where most people wanted straight hair. And they were straightening their I did not. And many people were straightening their hair. They're like fads or fashions. I love it that we all look different. It makes it more interesting. It definitely makes it more interesting. In your book, Raising Race Consciousness, what's the main gist of your book? What are you trying to get across to people? Why did you write it? I wrote the book because I really do choose to live in a peaceful, beautiful, wonderful world. I wrote it because I want my grandchildren and everybody's grandchildren and great-grandchildren to have a beautiful, wonderful, healthy world to live in. The gist of the book is we all have to heal ourselves, each and every one of us, of any vestige of any kind of ism at all. Because it isn't as though one person can say, and believe me, some have told me this, I can't possibly have racism. But... They have homophobia. They have genderism. So it doesn't matter which kind of ism a person is running around with. All of them have to be dealt with and in as many ways as possible healed for our species to flourish. This whole thing of I'm better than you or I'm not as good as you because I'm all right, I'm 4'10", and someone else is 5'10", so is one better? No, they're just different sizes. The one who's 5'10 can reach the top shelves on the cabinets. 
the one who's four ten can reach the bottom. So it all, works, <laughs> it all works out. So there's benefits and or possibly challenges or compensations for any of it. And when we're all together and use the gifts and talents of each kind of person, and we all do have different gifts and talents, we are not identical. And if people look to think, oh, we're all the same, no, we're not, we're not. We are actually quite unique, and different groupings actually do, in my opinion, have different gifts and talents. So together, we can do amazing, amazing, amazing stuff. That's what I like. Well, I will tell you that I really like being at the higher height, and for one <laughs> reason only, okay, <laughs> of that 510. I love it because... I get to enjoy more food and able to sustain a five foot ten body <laughs> than you get to enjoy sustaining a four foot ten body. So anyway, we need to take another break. Stay tuned to know the name, know the genius in you. This show is dedicated to a vision of possibilities surrounding different isms. After the break, we're going to find out some of the different things that Audrey Arby has learned while assisting other people. Stand by. Broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. You're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7, 365. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnick's author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God, and finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. 
For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Welcome back. I'm Sharon Lynn Wyeth, and you're listening to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You, which is being heard on an X-Zone broadcast network on xzbn.net and on knowthename.com. Our guest tonight is Audrey Arby, an artist, author, and keynote speaker, whose website is audreynow.com, spelled A-U-D as in David, R-Y-E-N-O-W.com. Audrey, in an ideal world, would we even be aware of different races or would everyone be treated so much the same that it wouldn't even be an issue? I mean, and and following along that, would you mind giving us one thing we could do immediately to diminish racial tensions? Oh, that's a really cool question. So I feel in an ideal world, we would notice who we all are. In my book, I a lot of people, okay, as I said, I interviewed people and I've been around for a number of years and I've heard people speak and I, I hear a lot of stuff. I've heard some white people say, I don't notice color. And a lot of the black, brown, beige, bronze people I interviewed don't really like that. And I wondered, really, you don't notice color? And what does that actually mean? You notice if someone has blue eyes, you notice if they have brown eyes, you notice if they have blonde hair, you notice if they have red hair. How do you not see complexion? So either the people who say that are meaning they treat everyone the same or they're creating some pretense in their head. So I feel in an ideal world, I think we'll notice everything. I think we'll still see if this one's petite, if this one's tall, if this one has laughing eyes, if this one is sad, if this one really can dress in an amazing manner and, whoa, look at how creative that one is. And if somebody else is a hard worker, we'll notice all that stuff. We won't make it better or worse. We won't make it this one is tall. So, okay, you're tall, so this is wonderful. I'm small, and this is also good. So we won't make it that you have to be only this one thing. We'll make it that whatever you are is great. If some people like a golden complexion, then they'll think that's stunning. If some people like a brown complexion, they'll think that's stunning. If some people like a whiter complexion, kind of, sort of, They'll think that's stunning. They won't think the other is bad. They'll have a preference. That's a whole different thing. Like I'm a vegan, okay? I'm vegetarian for 44 years. I'm mostly raw vegan for about 10. I love the way I eat. I love it, I love it, I love it. And it has served me well in terms of health and well-being. Other people eat differently, okay? I don't hate them for it. I may not like that certain ways of eating is harming the planet. And I say so if it's appropriate, but people are allowed to do what they do. At the same time, I have a sensitive system. Nobody, literally nobody is allowed to smoke a cigarette near me because I get nauseous, sick and dizzy. So if somebody is smoking, I move away. If I have any charge of the environment, like if it's my home, there's nothing like that. Now, what can people do to move beyond this? First question is, very first question, if we're dealing with racism specifically, are they at peace with who they are? Do they honor their own complexion? Do they love themselves? That means, and most people, I've done a lot of seminars, and I'll often ask, depending on and, and speaking engagements and things of that nature, and if I ask, who here loves themselves? A lot of hands will go up. And then I'll start asking specific questions. Do you love your body? Do you love the way you think? 
Do you love where you are in life right now in terms of what you feel you are here to accomplish? Do you love your financial situation? And a lot of hands will start to change. And even if one doesn't love any of those things, do you love yourself in this in the face of it all as you move through things? Now, many women and now men too, because now men are becoming more physically conscious of how they look, have some issues with their body. I still have to still to this day make peace with what my body looks like. And yes, um, most people think, oh, what do they think of me? They think uh, I'm petite. What? Petite and darling. <laughs> you know, I got that part. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. you know, thank it's you. It's amazing how we, we can find the faults with ourselves instead of the glorious parts. Okay. I would like to move forward if we could. Because sure. you've written oh. four books now, and each yeah. one is so different than the others. How mm-hmm. has being able to get your knowledge out into the world, as you've been doing with your artwork and with these four books, changed your world? Oh, that's really good. That's really good. It opens me up. When I write a book, I write something that calls me. I write something that I feel is important and needed and in which I have something to say. And I do my best to write from a higher frequency, a higher. Dr. Deepak Chopra, I think most people know who he is, has talked about what he calls the meta-human, which is us, us meaning people, living at a higher consciousness. And he has also used the word frequency. And he's written books with somebody named Dr. Tansy, who's a neurologist. And they've discovered through the biogenome that we all are connected in many different ways. So when I write these books, I grow. I literally grow. And I've learned, especially with the first one, the Mother's Manual, that I had to be totally at peace with everything in me. Because I felt transparent. When I write, I write for real. I write so you could, a person could know me through reading my books in, in many different ways. So what it's done for me is it's brought me to know many different people. It's bringing me out in the world. I have to speak. I have to do radio interviews. And I've come to absolutely love and adore it because it gives me an opportunity to share with other human beings or whatever beings they may be aspects that they may not even have known about themselves so that they, too, can heal and transform in areas they may not have yet looked at. Because many people, excuse me, and I was one of them, if there's something we haven't made peace with or I hadn't, I was often afraid to look at it in the past for fear or concern. I'd find some monstrous, horrible, disgusting thing. And all I found was an aspect I didn't yet understand that might need some tweaking, that's for sure. Pain I hadn't dealt with whatever it might be. And when love was shown on it, or I participated with other healers, now I'm also the healer, and I still go to other healers, and they come to me, we all grow. And I've learned in the seminars I do, I give, and when I'm presenting the books, people are thrilled. They are thrilled to learn they're not the only one that may have an issue or concern in any specific area. That's okay. very With free. that thought, I want to talk about your first book, The Mother's okay. Manual, and okay. that undertakes how to be a parent. Just as yeah. so many people use Dr. Spock's book as a guideline to help them know how to rear a child, is that what you'd really like to see happen with The Mother's Manual? Oh, I would love that. I mean, that's a huge book, and it has 26 pages of full-color art. And for those who don't want a huge book, the book also, I call it, gave birth to 20 smaller books for different areas of life. Yes, one of the things I 
really suggest, and it's going to sound very basic, is that really plan your children in the sense of what I call conscious conception, if possible, with your partner, rather than, oops, I got pregnant, how did that happen? So be aware, uh, and this is mainly for the women, because we women are the ones that conceive carry and birth children and for men too because it is nice if a child can have two parents whether it's man and woman two men two women whatever transgender whatever and it's easier for the parents if they have a good partner not a bad partner then it's easier to be alone actually and to use contraceptives when a person makes love and has sex if they aren't prepared to have a child. And when a person or a couple is ready and they've thought about it, and yes, I'm emotionally ready, even if I'm not sure exactly what it's going to be like, then you stop using contraceptives and you consciously choose to be pregnant. And okay, we need to take our last that. break. Stay tuned to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You, which is being heard on xzbn.net and knowthename.com. After the break, we'll find out what Audrey Arby has in her name that has assisted her that you may have in your name as well. Stay tuned. heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. The new nonfiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howe will expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. Razor of Madness Expose Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. For decades, there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. I'm William S. Peckham. If you enjoy a good mystery with a touch of the paranormal, then you'll love my novel, From Out of the Woodwork. It's the story of a young Toronto contractor, Sean Kennedy, who buys derelict homes, guts them, and turns them into multifamily dwellings. Slums just waiting to happen. When Sean buys 29 Livery Lane, the house fights back. Former owners unexpectedly come out of the woodwork as he starts the destruction. The apparitions come to him when he touches old books, reads hidden letters, rummages through old boxes, finds a locket or reads a discovered manuscript of a murder mystery. From out of the woodwork, 
will take you from 1899 to the horror of the World Trade Center, September 11, 2001. Check out From Out of the Woodwork on my website, www.williamspeckham.com. Welcome back. I'm Sharon Lynn Wyeth, and you're listening to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You, which is being heard on XZBN.net and XZone Broadcast Network and KnowTheName.com. Our guest tonight is Audrey Arby, who's developed her talents in multiple areas, all emphasizing the importance of really living a life to its fullest. You can reach Audrey via her website, AudreyNow.com, and it's A-U-D-R-Y-E Now. N-O-W.com. Okay, so we talked about the Mother's Manual. Now, very quickly as we go through these, then came the coloring book, What If? <laughs> artwork on the cover and throughout the book. That's about the time I met you when that came out. What's the purpose of your coloring book, that second book? And why did you decide to create an adult adolescent coloring book? Okay, the book was originally for kids until I discovered adults and adolescents were buying it. It's called What If You Are and Life is Miraculous, ABC Affirmation Art Coloring Book. The idea is to facilitate people's growth in a really fun way. The art is really funny. It can be looked adorable in every different direction. And the words, the words are inspiring. Some of them are hysterical. I made up a few of them. And it's to, as everything I do is, foster growth. Absolutely. Now, and, before we talk about the third book, a percentage mm-hmm. of the sales of your book is being donated. And I'm not even yeah. sure how to pronounce this organization. It's A-C-H-E-E. Ashe. Ashe. Okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. And I have no clue who they are, and probably others don't either. And so if you think it's so important, this Ashe organization, which is Ashe, A-C-H-E-E dot org, um, to donate part of all of your earnings from your books, tell us who they are. Ashe is my nonprofit, and we've had it on hold for a few years. We had property in Africa, which I, we don't have anymore. Its mission is to cause peace, sustainability, and harmony throughout the world. And so I donate a portion of the sales from my art and from my books to Ashe. And it's adapted. The word is adapted from the Yoruba word from Nigeria, which means the gifts and blessings of the creator. Oh, that's cool. Okay. Then came after Mother's Manual and then your coloring book, then came Vim, Vigor, Vitality, Vegan book. Now, this book has the greatest cover on it of any cookbook that I have ever seen. It is bright, and it makes one want to purchase the book just to get that cover artwork. So what did you hope to accomplish in this cookbook? I call it a food prep book. Some of the food, the recipes are cooked because friends said include them in the rest are raw. My intention is to help people be healthy because I see a lot of people that are getting sick without they don't need to. They don't need to. A lot of it is lifestyle. It's absolute lifestyle. Lifestyle, belief system, not clearing emotions, not uh, not opening belief systems. So the first half of the book is on health and wellness. The second half is recipes. And okay. I keep and making said, new ones. And they're both raw recipes and cooked recipes. Yes. Okay. Can you heal addictions using these recipes? Some of them, I drink a certain kind of water called Kangen water. You have to get the water from a distributor, which I am. And I have known people who are alcoholic who began, first you have to decide, a human has to decide they want to be healed from their addiction. That's number one. And then number two, if one drinks this water, and as alcoholics have, they start getting so into the water, they don't want the alcohol because the water will help alkalinize the person. And then the blood-brain barrier uh, of the brain starts throwing off certain things that are not good for the body, including sometimes cancer. So if somebody begins eating a more alkaline diet, a more raw food diet, and their body strengthens, and toxins release. 
certain addictions can leave. Then you have to deal with the emotional aspect. If people don't, they're missing a very important key and the deeper energetic aspect. And then, yeah, it can. can. Okay, now you have a recipe for chocolate in your book. Yeah. I'd like you to talk about this fabulous recipe for chocolate in your book. Okay, the mousse. That one? Did you have that uh-huh. chocolate mousse? Oh, God, uh-huh. this is so good. One of the reasons I studied with Dr. Brenda Cobb, who created the Living Foods Institute in Georgia, is because of this recipe. Uh, do you want me to give the recipe? Yes, please. It's fabulous. Okay, <laughs> okay so, the- <laughs> so this recipe is made with um, avocados, very ripe avocados. It's made with carob. I use organic. I use organic raw cacao nibs, which is what chocolate comes from. Brenda doesn't. And then there can be some coconut. If you have an actual jelly coconut, you want to use some of that. Otherwise, raw organic coconut oil. You can use, you don't need any vanilla or almond extract. Let's see, what else? A little bit of water. I use congum water. Um, mix it all up. You don't need to use cinnamon, although one can. Let me see see if, oh yeah, dates. The sweetening agent is dates. You mix them all up in a, either a Vitamix or in, I use a Cuisinart and it is delicious. It is so yum. You will have no idea, none, that it's made with avocados. It doesn't taste like avocado at all. It tastes like a rich, thick, delicious mousse. And with the chocolate and the carob combination, it is yum. And I like the variation where I added a little bit of peppermint. Okay. So yeah, you can do any of that or banana. There's all kinds of variations. I'm giving the basic. Absolutely. Okay. So what's the most remarkable thing that you've had the privilege to observe? My daughter giving birth to my first grandchild. You know, having babies or seeing a baby born really is a miracle. Uh, I just think it's absolutely incredible. Um, anyway, if you could change one thing about people's understanding or how they look at the world, what would that be? To look at the world through a heart of love. To feel it. So, so how would somebody go about doing that if they didn't already know how? I would start with breathing attunements in the morning, some form of meditation, even 10 minutes. And I teach many kinds of breathing attunements. A very simple one is to inhale through the nose. I almost started doing it. Inhale through the nose slowly and hold that. And exhale through the mouth slowly and hold that. And do this for 10 inhalations and exhalations. Don't count because then you can't do the inhalations. Just move your fingers from one hand uh, twice. Just move the finger down and the next finger down and the next as you take the inhalation. That'll get somebody very calm and centered. And they can feel the love after they've done this within themselves. And when the person can feel the love and the the peace inside oneself, it's much easier to see the world and experience the world that way, including amongst the chaos and insanity that is sometimes going on. One has to, truly has to, center oneself to be able to deal with what is happening or else one gets caught up in it and becomes part of the issue. Okay, is there anything else that you're currently working on that you would like to share with us? Mm, new website, new speaking, new seminars. Can I mention seminars? Yep. I, people hear this. Okay, so I'm doing my next seminar on May 19th, and it's called, it's part of my Raising Race Consciousness 2018 series of seminars. This one is called taking clarity into our lives. Who can you and we be now? And we will be working with DNA reprogramming, stem cell stimulus within our own selves, clearing ourselves, our 
C-E-L-L-S, Clearing Our Cells, Breathing Attunements, Delicious Raw Vegan Lunch that I'm preparing, What World Are We Each Creating, How Can We Do This Together, and a meditation, what I like to call a shamanic spiritual journey where we transform the essence of our DNA and stem cell activation. Okay. It's going to be very cool. We are at the end. And I want to thank you, Audrey, for joining us tonight. We really appreciate that. Okay. Thank be prepared. You. <laughs> You're welcome. Be prepared thank you. and surprised thank you. and pleased when you experience Audrey Arby's work. Her website again is audreynow.com and she spells her name A-U-D-R-Y-E and then the word now.com. Audrey's name excels at both creativity and mindfulness, which is represented by her A-U combination and is then enhanced by her D-R combination. The D-R combination causes people to become experts in their fields. So if, And the AU combination is that very creativity that comes out. And so if you have an AU, you're very creative. And so you can become, give yourself permission to become the expert or very creative with either of those because you have it also. Do you want to know where your genius lies? I'm Sharon Lynn White, host of the radio show, Know the Name, Know the Genius in You, which is being heard on XZBN.net radio and Exxon Broadcast Network and on the schedule page at knowthename.com. Tune in every week to find out the fascinating ways other people have discovered the genius in themselves. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Are you or is someone you know struggling with addictions, depression, anxiety, relationships, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, grief, success, and prosperity? Do you know that your subconscious belief plays a big role in the outcome of your hard work? We can help you permanently change the beliefs that may be the reason for your struggles and failures. We care about getting you the return on your investment and the results you are looking for. We can help you be free of the limitations of your past and in realizing your highest potential. We work with people by phone and Skype. For more information, visit us at www.ritasoman.com. That's www.ritasoman.com. Do you think you have energy problems in your home? Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. 
You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D-O-W-S-E-R-S dot com or call 1-877-DOWSING. That's 1-877-369-7464.